Here we go. Here we go. Of them, and they'll share when they're all here, and we'll have the video for you as well. I'll get all of that stuff to you there, Josh. But uh, what a blessing it is to uh, to be back. We're so thankful. Thank you all for keeping it warm here. All right. Uh, Let's look at lessons from Jonah. Let's stand together as we read. We're going to read the very first verse. I mean, excuse me, the the 17th verse of the first chapter, the the, the last verse there in chapter 1. We'll start there. And the Lord designated a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the stomach of the fish for three days and three nights. By the way, I believe that 100%. Man, if the Bible says it, I trust that God is able to do it. If he can speak us out of ex nihilo, out of nothing then I can trust that God also can put a man in the belly of a fish for three days and three nights. And Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the stomach of the fish, and he said, I called out of my distress to the Lord, and he answered me. I called for help from the depth of Sheol. You heard my voice. For you threw me into the deep and the heart of the seas, and the current flowed around me. All your breakers and waves passed over me. So I said, I have been cast out of your sight. Nevertheless, I will look again towards your holy temple. Water encompassed me to the point of death. The deep flowed around me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. I descended to the base of the mountains. The earth with its bars was around me forever. But you have brought up my life from the pit. Lord my God, while I was fainting away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you into your holy temple. Those who are followers of worthless idols abandon their faithfulness. But I will sacrifice to you with a voice of thanksgiving that which I have vowed I will pay. Salvation is from the Lord. Then the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah up into the dry land. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you that we can trust this is true. Lord, let us... Glean from this the things that we need to know today. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. We see here in the very beginning, and the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow Jonah. God sent the fish. This was not something that was by happenstance, it wasn't by accident. God, at that very moment when Jonah was thrown overboard, God sent the great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the stomach of the fish three days and Three nights. Here we have uh, uh, an account that Jonah is going to give us while in the the belly of this great fish. Uh, He is going to begin to recognize that he has done something wrong. He needs to get his life right with God. And so it says here in chapter 2 verse 1, Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the stomach of of the fish. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm thinking that if I got swallowed by a fish and I'm still alive inside that fish, God and I are going to have a conversation, right? The Lord and I are about to have a conversation. Now, remember, Jonah is here because of what he has done. He has been disobedient. He has not wanted to go and share the, 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 the warning of God to the people of Nineveh. Why? Because of his anger and hatred towards the people of Nineveh. This attitude that he had that they were not worthy of repentance, that they were not worthy of, uh, of coming to God, has drove him to a place where God has caused a fish to swallow him. And, and now Jonah is inside the belly of this, of this big fish, and, and he begins to call upon the name 
of the Lord. How many of us are like Jonah and we wait until we are so far removed from his will that we finally begin to pray? We wait until we are in so much trouble. We wait until everything seems to be falling apart. And then we cry out to the Lord. But it's not until that moment that we have gone so deep into the belly, literally, of disobedience that we begin to pray. And it's not until we have begun to feel the effects of our disobedience that we finally begin to pray. Why don't we just begin to pray immediately? Why don't we recognize our fault? We learned this morning in Sunday school that God approached Cain and said, Cain, listen to me. You were disobedient, and because of your disobedience, more sin is knocking at your door. There is a greater desire, if you don't get this right, if there's a greater desire of sin in your life if you do not get this right. And what did Cain do? Cain ignored the warning of God. He recognizes that his brother is working and still doing what God had called him to do. And it just makes more anger for Cain in his heart towards Abel. And Cain winds up killing Abel. Takes his own brother's life. But yet God had warned him. God had, had spoken to him. And it's not until God approaches him after the murder of his brother that Cain begins to listen to God and begins to say, but Lord, if you do that to me, they'll kill me. It wasn't until he had done so much wrong that he finally was willing to listen to God. I told our young men in Sunday school, don't be like that person. You must rule over the sin in your life. Jonah could not do it. Cain could not do it. And they both wound up being brought low by God. Pride, I don't know what it is. Maybe it is pride that gets in our way. But I'm telling you that Jonah is in trouble. Here we see the idea of what this word means. This Hebrew word is trouble, distress, calamity, anguish, a state of very unfavorable circumstances. Y'all think that that's where Jonah is right now? He is in a state of very uh, unfavorable circumstances. He's in the belly of this fish. He's dealing with what God has uh, dealt with him about. He's beginning to pray. Let's read back here in in chapter 2. It says, Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the stomach of the fish. And he said, I called out of my distress to the Lord and he answered me. I called for help from the depth of Sheol and you heard my voice. It sounds as though he knows the Psalms. It sounds as though he's familiar with the Psalms. Psalm 42, 7 says, deep calls to deep as the sound of your waterfalls. Here he is. He's, he's deep within the water. He's deep within the, the belly of this fish and he begins to call out to God. Verse 3 says, For you threw me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the current flowed around me. Psalm 42, 7 says, All your breakers and your waves have rolled over me. He's remembering what he was taught. All that Jonah had learned all of a sudden is flooding back to his memory, flooding back to his mind. And he's beginning to, to repeat these songs, repeat these things that God has laid on his heart. And he's sharing them with God. He's saying, I recognize you're just. I recognize that I'm being punished. I recognize my wrongdoing. But you've had to bring me low in order for me to recognize that. 
He says, out of the depths in 130, I have cried to you, O Lord. Psalm 130, out of the depths, I have cried to you, O Lord. Folks, I don't know what you've done in your life. I have no idea. But wherever you are, cry out to God. Whatever you have done, cry out to God. Here's what, here's what breaks my heart. How many of us think we've done no wrong? How many of us look at a situation and we can blame everyone for our situation, but we cannot see our, within ourselves how we could have been a part of that? I've lost jobs in the past due to poor performance, but I found a reason to blame the person who fired me. There comes a point where you have to look into your own life and look in the mirror and ask, what could I have done different? What is it that I could have changed in my own life to make things better? But instead, I let things continue as they were within my own life, with my own bad attitude, with the things I know I should have done right, I did wrong. And yet the whole time God is saying to me, Tom, you represent me. You represent me as a believer. Get this stuff done correctly. And I didn't do it. And so what? What did God do? He humbled me. If you and I do not look at our own situation and we don't admit where we've been wrong, we will never be made right with God. He will have to bring you to the low point. Now, here's, here's what I want you to hear me for. Here's what I want you to get. A lot of you in this room tell me all the time about your children and how they're messed up and how this and how that. And you tell me about how you've tried to help them. Do you realize a lot of times when we try to help people, we actually make the situation worse? Anybody ever recognize that with your own life? You, you try to help them, but you just make the situation worse. You, you try to do what's right, and you're, you're trying to point them in the right direction. But the truth is, all they hear out of you is, all I ever do is wrong. Can I tell you the good news? It's not your job to bring somebody low. The Bible tells us to build people up. Now, you got to be honest with folks. you got to explain how the, they, they, they can, there's a way out through Christ. But ultimately, it is God who will bring us low. It is either you coming to a place of humility or God bringing you to a place of humility. But it's not your job or my job to bring someone else to a place of humility. God does that. Out of the depths I have cried. Verse number four says, so I said, I have been cast out of your sight. Nevertheless, I will look again toward your holy temple. Can you imagine how Jonah had to be feeling in the belly of this fish? I don't imagine that the smell was great, right? You got to think about this for a moment. He describes himself as having seaweed wrapped around his head. Have y'all ever been around rotting fish? It's awesome smell, right? It's like, whew, man, somebody open up another can of that nasty stuff. Who in here eats sardines? You people are sick. Do y'all, have you ever smelled, do y'all like just do this and eat them? 
I mean, just the smell of that is repulsive. It's, it's terrible. And that's what, I mean, I can only imagine the smell that has to be there within the belly of this fish. And some of you are like, well, I don't see how he could do this. Listen, God put him there. God allowed, God didn't allow, he did this. God did this to him because he would not obey. And God is dealing with him and bringing him low. The smell had to be terrible. The seaweed had to be terrible. He was probably felt bound and, and everything. Why? Because God was saying to him, I will have my will done, whether you like it or not. And a lot of us struggle with that. Lord God, can't you just change it a little bit, just so I'll be happier? He says, I've been cast out of your sight, and I will look again towards your holy temple. Isn't that good news? That I can look, that I can cry out. Water encompassed me to the point of death, to the deep float around me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. I descended to the base of the mountains. He's saying, listen, this fish has gone as far down as he can. And and the pressure that had to be upon his body from going that deep, he felt it. The earth with its bars was around me forever, but you have brought up my life from the pit, Lord my God. In other words, I was this close to death. I was this close to the judgment, and yet you brought me up. And my prayer came into your holy temple. He says, those who are followers of worthless idols abandon their faithfulness, but I will sacrifice to you with a voice of thanksgiving that which I have vowed I will pay. Salvation is from the Lord. Now, if you're here today, And you are living a life of disobedience and you're okay with that. God will move believers to prayer and repentance. Let's go back and look at this. This is at chapter 1 verse 17. And the Lord designated a great fish to swallow Jonah. Who did this to Jonah? Well, some people say, well, Jonah did. But ultimately, who did this to Jonah? God did. God said, I'm going to deal with your stubbornness. I'm going to deal with your, with your hatefulness. I'm going to deal with your disobedience. And he calls this great fish to come and swallow Jonah. Why? Because God is just. God is holy. And as believers, he will not allow us to continue in our sin. He will deal with us. So it is God who will move us to prayer and repentance. His truth, his word, his hand. It is God that will bring his people to their lowest point. How many of you have ever thought, I've hit rock bottom, just to find out that rock bottom was even further down the road? Todd will share stories of some of the kids that they had And they're good stories. And I appreciate those stories. But there's a young man in his family named Mike. Man, what a story. What a story. And to hear it from him, to hear him share that, and to hear how God had to literally put him in a place of prison, 
just for him to see the light. God will bring his people to their lowest point. Why? Just so they will finally have to look up. It wasn't until Jonah was in the depths, to the bottom, to the base of the mountain, that he finally looked up. You see, we've been preaching in our churches today this God of love. Oh, God is so great and mighty, so loving. That's true. That that is who God is. But you can't separate that from God being just and holy and righteous. And that's what we try to do. We try to change like this New Testament God is different than the Old Testament God. But yet my Bible says that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So it's not like God just suddenly changed. I mean, if you look at Abraham, you'll see the same things that you see in the New Testament from God. Look at Abraham's life. Abraham didn't want to wait on God. So Abraham went and had a relationship with somebody who was, he was not supposed to have one with. And God says, I reject that one, but you be thankful. I will allow you to go back in with your wife and I will give you a child. That's God's grace, folks. Moses. And his temper. And so what does God do? He allows him to go in and chisel all those. Don't you know, if anybody ever knew the commandments, it was Moses. And oh, help us with David. As a young man, he was a what? He was a man after God's own heart. But what happened to him as he got older? Wow. Wow. And yet God was still faithful, but yet God was still just. As we close, I want you to think about this. When will you and I own up to the fact that we must humble ourselves or be humbled by God himself? Now, there's good news. If you are his child, he loves you enough to discipline you. That's the good news. The not so good news is that God loves you enough that he will discipline you. You say, how does that go together? How are they the same? Well, The bad news is is that you and I a lot of times are not able to see our own sin, correct? Is that not true? And so God has to humble us. The good news is God will give you the eyes to see your sin, and if you'll humble yourself at that point, guess what? That's called growing in your faith. It's growing in your Christianity. It's doing what he told Cain to do, which was to rule over his desires. there's even better news and it's back to what we just said if you can't see it and you're a believer God will humble you to the point that you finally see it because he loves us enough to not let us go
Whatever you're struggling with, whatever it is that has you in the belly of the big fish, confess it to God. Confess it to God. The psalmist was speaking literally from that depth that he knew. Jonah was speaking literally from the depth. Because he was in the belly of a fish who had taken him to the lowest point that he could ever go. The seaweed around his head reminded him that he was in a place he shouldn't be. But the Bible says that once he prayed to God, God caused the fish to vomit him up under dry land. Now, let me share with you why that's good news. Because he got to finish the job that God called him to do. We're going to continue to read and find out that Jonah still struggled in life as we move throughout the book of Jonah. But I'm telling you, you, most of you in this room know my testimony. And I told God, if you'll throw me up on dry land again, God, I will stay there. And this is where God threw me up. And in November will be 18 years. Why? Because this is where God has called me to serve. If you will just trust God, he will give you a purpose and a perfect plan. Now, I wish I could tell you I've done everything right, but I haven't. But God is so good and so gracious, but he's also just. And I have to remember that. Let's stand together. Father, I thank you that you love us. I thank you that you allow us amazing grace. And God, you allow us to have those moments where you show us the wrong. And you give us that opportunity to repent right then. God, if we can't see it, then as a believer, you will bring us to a place of repentance. You will bring us low. And I thank you that you've never lost a single one of us. Once we are your children, we are your children forever, for all eternity. But because we're your children, God, you will deal with us justly. Lord God, thank you. Thank you, Father, that you deal with your children in a just manner because you love us. And when that hand of of obedience comes upon us from you, we should take it with joy that you did not leave us in our sin. Lord, today, change us. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.